Welcome. My name is Michael Aceta. I'm the founder of Matador Canine Brilliance and author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes. You're listening to the Acknowledged Dogs Podcast. Today, I'm talking about reactivity. The three main things you need to do in order to have a successful training plan when it comes to reactivity and kind of set you up for success. You could have a training plan in general and you could start doing stuff with your dog, but if you don't have a system, if you don't have an organized way to do it, then it's not going to work. So I'm gonna talk about three main points here and then I'm gonna have to dive in a little bit more on some of those points. The first thing that I wanna talk about is called threshold training. If you have a reactive dog, if you have a dog that barks at people, they lunge at other dogs, they're dragging you down the street. If you have a dog like that, then you need to understand threshold training. Whatever you're doing with your dog, no matter, regardless of what kind of training you're doing, there is a fine line between stressing them out and continuing the progress and pushing them to where they fail. You don't want your dog to fail. You want them to succeed. So we have to find that fine line. And there's three main ways that we can do this. We can control the threshold training. Number one is management. If you're going out with your dog, you need to manage their entire environment, their entire life, essentially. Even if it's not reactivity, if you're talking about something else, your dog's uh, destroying the garbage, your dog is chewing up the couch, your dog's jumping up on people, you have to manage things. But when it comes to reactivity, you need to manage the environment as best as you can. So that means having like eagle eyes and looking out into the environment as far as you could possibly see and recognizing what might stimulate your dog and trigger them to become reactive, okay? Your dog is people reactive. That might mean don't go into areas where there's a lot of people. That's probably not the best place to go. Instead, go to a park where things are a little more relaxed, a little calmer, and then you can reward your dog heavily there. Now, you cannot control everything, so you also have to have a backup plan. What happens when my dog loses their mind? Where could I go? Oftentimes I have my clients go to the park in their car and they can just jump right back into the car if something happens, right? They stay right there. They don't go for a walk. They stay right near their car and they practice. And if they have to, they can jump back into the car. But your goal is to observe the area as best as you can and stop your dog from being put in to the situations where they're going to have problems, where they're going to freak out, where they're not going to be able to think clearly or progress in training efficiently. Now, number two, I want to talk about different variables. Just because we're talking about sight when it comes to managing the environment, right? Your dog sees another dog, they lose their mind. We also have to consider smell and sound. So when you're trying to keep your dog below threshold, you don't want your dog just okay with seeing another dog or seeing a person or seeing a squirrel or a cat or whatever it may be. You need them to be okay with hearing it as well as smelling it. They need to become desensitized to all of those things. Oftentimes, I'll even have my clients work on those things separately, right? So if a dog is way too stimulated by the sight of something, then we might just work on sound. The dog is way too stimulated by the sound of something, we might just work on sight. See how we can kind of break that up? And we can even control the different levels within that. So sound, is it lower or is it higher? Is it more in their brain, like, oh my God, I can't freak out, right? Because of how loud it is, or can we make it softer? Can we make it easier for them? Same thing with sight, closer, further away, movement is involved. There's a lot of variables you gotta play with. And if you have a reactive dog, it's your job to kind of pinpoint all of the things that make your dog lose their mind, right? 
So if you found out what makes them lose their mind, you can then dial it back and make it just a little bit easier for them. That is the, the finesse of really good reactive dog training and trainers. That's what they get paid a lot of money for. It's that ability to break it down and keep your dog successful that whole time. So if you can do that, you're going to save yourself thousands of dollars in training, as well as hundreds of hours in training, right? Like you, you're not going to spend as much time because they're progressing faster. Faster your dog progresses, the faster they can move on to the next thing. And we can encourage them more. We build more confidence and it keeps going like that. We kind of just build on everything as they go. I want to take a moment and thank all of our loyal followers. This podcast would not be possible without you. Leave a review and let us know what you like and want to learn on the next episode of the Acknowledge Dogs podcast. Now, back to the show. Now that you understand the different variables and how to manage everything, you can start dancing with pressure. This is what I call it, dancing with pressure. You do a little cha-cha, right? Act a little, was it? I don't even know the line. <laughs> do a little dance, make a little move, get down tonight. So you want to dance with the pressure. If I can add a little bit of pressure and I can make it just that much more stressful, just a little bit, and then I can take the pressure back off. Instead of my dog getting used to working at one level, I can stress them out, create a little bit more of a challenge for them, and then reward them by taking the pressure off and encouragement with rewards, toys, treats, that kind of thing, praise. They'll actually progress that much faster. I did not push them to the point where they freak out and they fail, but I pushed them just past what they are comfortable doing. It's like people, right? If you want to learn how to play the piano, yes, you have to learn the scales. You have to learn all the mechanics of it. But then if you want to get good, you kind of have to play faster. You have to play without looking. You have to create these challenges that make it easier when you don't have those challenges. Think about someone in a sport, right? They play football. Instead of pushing against a 300-pound guy in football, you practice pushing against a 500-pound thing in, in practice. That way, when you're in the game, it's easier for you to push against the 300-pound person. That's what you need to do for your dog just in a controlled way. You're going to add a little bit just enough to where they're stressed, they didn't freak out yet, and then you bring them back, you relieve them. And then in real life, things become easier. Now that's just the first secret, that threshold training. That's the first secret when it comes to reactive dog training. I'm gonna go over the next two in just a minute, but if you're excited about this, you're like, oh wow, this guy's got a lot of information. I made it super, super easy for you to learn how to do all of this, and I'm actually gonna demonstrate it for you. If you just go to matadorcanine.com, forward slash reactivity. I created an entire course. And if you just put rescue in the coupon section, you get 10% off. That's my gift for you. Matadorcanine.com slash reactivity. Get 10% off by using the coupon code rescue, all caps in that. Now, the second secret is a solid foundation. Solid foundation. I mean, you have to have such a strong fundamental understanding and your dog has to have that fundamental understanding of what they should be doing. Doesn't need to be everything. Doesn't need to be everything, but you should at least have one thing. And that's going to be recall or name recognition. Recall, right? I say my dog's name, they come to me. Name recognition is just saying your dog's name and having them respond to you. Since we're working on reactivity, maybe you're going for a walk, maybe you're going to the park, you're probably still going to have your dog on a leash, which means you don't need as far of a distance of a good recall, but it will help when your dog is closer, right? Just like I just talked about with that challenging. If your dog is able to do a 100-foot recall and you get them at two feet away from you, the odds of them responding to you are much higher. 
Name recognition is the exact same thing. We're just not doing it at a distance. So I say my dog's name, Hawk, turns towards me. Good, I can reward him. If your dog understands name recognition and recall, when you need to use it, that means you're out for a walk and they see something else and you say their name, they should turn back and you should be able to reward them. That is going to start becoming an automatic response for them. They see the thing that triggers them and they turn towards you expecting a treat. Super simple, right? But if they don't know that first, then you can never use it in that heightened state of awareness. When your dog is stressed out, they're not thinking as clearly as they usually do. If you take them out to go do something and they're stressed by a dog, they're stressed by a person, they're trying to chase the squirrel up the tree, and you call their name, odds are they aren't going to turn to you. That's a problem, right? That's a whole. That's the whole emphasis of reactive dog training. We want our dog to engage with us as opposed to everything else. And so if they don't even know what the fundamentals are, then how am I going to be able to do it in a stressful situation? It's just not going to happen. Now, the other things you might want to teach before you jump into reactive training is obedience and manners to a certain level, right? I want my dog to be able to sit. I want my dog to be able to relax, maybe walk on leash without anything else going on. Again, it's going to make it easier for me to transition from a less stressful environment to this new stressful environment right? There's no way for my dog to know those things in this stressful environment unless I've taught them somewhere else. It's like getting into the pilot seat of a plane. There's no way you can fly a plane. I mean, people do it all the time and it does happen, but there's a school to learn how to become a pilot. There's a reason you have to go through all this training and these hours of practice. It's because when you're in the actual seat holding the steering wheel, steering wheel of a pilot, I guess it's a steering wheel. It's not a wheel. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. The steering wheel of a pilot. When you have the steering wheel as the pilot, there's a certain amount of stress that overcomes you. And you can't necessarily be thinking about learning all of this new stuff. You just have to do it. Same thing with your dog. If you teach them the obedience and the manners that they should know, eventually they're going to have to know it. They're going to have to know how to sit. They're going to have to know how to down. They're going to have to know how to walk on leash. If you can teach those things and get a pretty good amount of success, when you do add in these stressful situations like people, like dogs, like cats and squirrels and bicycles and noises, and once you start to add those things in, you have something, at least something, maybe it's not perfect, but you at least have something to kind of bounce back off of. You have something to go off of and fall back on in case your dog freaks out. My dog's freaking out. I get their attention. Good. Now I got to tell them to do something because if I get my dog's attention, they've recalled to me. I've said their name. They turn. And then they go right back to reacting. I'm just having them practice doing circles. And that's no good. I want them to react, turn to me, and now engage again. So maybe I ask them to sit. Maybe I start teaching them tricks. Maybe I get them to settle. Maybe we then walk in another direction. All of that is what you need to do in reactive training to help guide your dog through the process of being like, okay, it's fine. Everything's going to be okay. I don't need to worry about them. I just need to focus on whoever's walking me, right? So recall name recognition, those, those solid fundamentals is what's required. And then the last secret, the last secret to perfectly training your dog through reactive training is repetition and reward schedules. The two R's, repetition and reward schedules. Repetition, you've got to practice every single day over and over and over and over. Every single day you've got to practice when you go for a walk. When you go outside, you go to the backyard, the front yard, you got to be practicing something related to reactive training. Whether it's sharpening up the solid fundamentals, 
whether it's practicing more of the recall at a distance so it's easier when they're closer, or starting to implement all those sounds and smells and sights that we talked about in the beginning. That's the whole point of reactive training. Your goal is to then get more people into the circle, right? Either people or dogs, more people involved to where your dog goes, okay, I can be around more people. I can be around more stressful situations. And that's that repetition. And then we move into reward schedules. So reward schedules essentially say, if my dog is doing well every single time, they see somebody at 100 feet, now I'm gonna wait. They're gonna have to see somebody three times at 100 feet in order to get the same reward. We're going to stretch their capabilities of how much they're willing to work in order to get the same level of reinforcement. That, that is what's going to create longevity in the training. Not just success, but longevity. Because then your dog goes, okay, I can look at that person three times and not be accustomed to getting a treat every time. You're going to cut down on treats. Your dog's not going to get fat. It's going to make it easier for you. And secretly, if you miss an opportunity to reward your dog, it's okay. If I don't see that my dog saw somebody and then turned towards me, it's okay because I can still reward them for the second, third, fifth, tenth time they saw somebody. And then again, that becomes easier. So if that was 100 feet, it becomes easier. Now I can jump to 75 feet, 50 feet, and make it easier that way. Every single time you train your dog, you have to be focusing on one of these reactivity kind of methods, one of these kind of breaking down into those three secrets. Which one am I going to focus on today? That's the only way to be successful when it comes to training your dog. Number one, threshold training, management, different variables, and then dancing with pressure. Number two, solid foundations. Does your dog have a recall? Do they know their name? Do they have any level of manners and obedience? You need that. And then number three, repetition and reward schedules. I need something that I can rep out over and over and over again. Maybe I have a friend come and they guide me right, at a distance Rather, I guide them at a distance and I make sure that they stay still. I control the environment. I get to practice what my dog needs to practice, those solid fundamentals, around the person that maybe makes my dog reactive. That's a perfect training plan right there. That's a perfect training schedule. And you just rep that out over and over and over until your dog's not expecting a reward anymore. And then you increase the pressure. You increase how difficult it is for your dog to get a reward. That is the secret to effective reactivity training. If you want all of this laid out for you, made it completely simple for you, everything's laid out, you get video demonstration, you get a workbook to guide you along the process, head over to matadorcanine.com forward slash reactivity and you can get 10% off by putting in the code rescue. matadorcanine.com forward slash reactivity coupon code rescue. Thank you for listening to the Acknowledged Dogs podcast. Subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and connect with me on your favorite social media platform.